I'm going to start dating again. But what is it that I really want? What's the core value that I really want in a guy? Not this long 35 list of superficial things. girls. Welcome back to the Girl You Grow Now podcast. I am your host, Victoria, and I'm so grateful that you all are joining me for this week's episode. I have a treat for you all. Today's guest is really near and dear to my heart. I have my cousin Michelle on the podcast. Michelle is that person who I go to for all of my dating advice because I know she has so much wisdom and her advice is literally rock solid because she has just had so much experience with dating and with relationships. She's dated, she's been married, she has been divorced, and she's been remarried. So within her advice, you get all of that knowledge that she has. And for me personally, I love getting advice from her because she is probably the most unbiased source of advice that I've had consistently in my life. She is someone who, even though I'm her cousin and she loves me, she is always going to help me reflect on how I showed up in that relationship. And if there is a bias that I have that I just can't see about myself, she is going to hold me accountable and point it out. And I think those relationships in your life are necessary and so valuable because those are the people who are going to help you grow into the best version of yourself. So I do have other friends who do that for me as well. But my cousin Michelle just has so much experience when it comes to dating and relationships. She also has written an ebook. It is not released yet, but it is going to be released soon. I'm so excited that you guys will also get to get her dating tips through that ebook and also through this episode. So what I did is I linked her Instagram in the show notes. So please go and follow her. And once the ebook is released, she'll post about it. And I will also be adding it to my link tree on the podcast Instagram. So keep an eye out for that because it should be out really soon. And I'm so excited. I cannot wait to read it. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the conversation with Michelle. Okay, so I love to start with an icebreaker for all my guests. I have a little question for you. What is the best life advice that you have ever received that you still apply today? I would say one of the best life advice especially for, (laughs) I'm laughing for entrepreneurs who are starting out. This has nothing to do with today's topic, but for entrepreneurs, one of my brothers told me, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you're trying to figure out how to stay motivated. And he was like, I have this awesome five letter word for you. It will keep you motivated as you go down the path of success and trying to be your own boss. And he was like, are you ready for it? And I'm like, sure. Angelo spells out and that's his name. B-I-L-L-S. If that doesn't keep you motivated, (laughs) nothing else will. So whenever I get stuck and it's like, oh, I don't feel like doing certain work or something today, I think about that. It always makes me laugh, but it's the truth, right? Bills keep you motivated to do what you need to do. I feel like it's one of those funny pieces of advice that you don't forget because it's funny, but it's also really true and applicable no matter what your age is. Exactly. Well, I actually have a really good piece of advice that you've given me that I have held on for the last few years that does actually go with this topic. But this is my favorite piece of advice. Well, you give me really good advice all the time, but this is just one that I always think about, especially when I'm meeting someone new. A few years ago, you told me that it could take up to two years for someone to show you who they really are. And I was like, no way. Like, I think I was mind blown, but then I've heard it more recently from Mm -hmm. someone said their thing therapist told him the same thing. And I was like, wow. Yeah, that's true. It can take up to two years because people can fake it, right? They two can years? fake it. And you know, some, I mean, that's the first layer of two years. Some people can fake it for five years. So you really have to, when you're dating someone, you have to go deep. You have to let them slowly expose themselves. And when they do remember it, don't brush it off. Because those scenes tend to repeat and you'll see that behavior show up more. And that'll let you know if this is a person worth you investing more of your precious time with. Yeah. And that reminds me of something one of my uncles told me. He said, and I love getting advice from the older men, but he said, look for the patterns. Like don't always be super quick to call something out when you're dating. Just sit back Mm -hmm. as long as it's not something that's detrimental to you or like hurtful to you. Just sit back and watch the patterns because they'll show you. But if you jump to expose it every time, they're going to know that they need to hide that. But if you just sit back and wait for the pattern, you'll see. Exactly. And you got to be patient and wait. That's the hard part. And 
the scary part because at least I know for me, I'm always like, I don't want to waste my time. So I feel like that is like the hardest part for me is the waiting and seeing who someone really is. So yeah, don't think of it as wasting your time, right? Every relationship you go into, regardless if it turns into, you know, that sweet boyfriend, girlfriend, soon to be husband, wife relationship, think of it as just a part of your journey and a part of who you are. And basically when you meet a new person, try to figure out what are you supposed to learn out of this? What will you get from this experience? And that's the key thing because life is made up of all these great experiences for us to help us build more character to who we really are in the long term. That makes sense. And I feel like it also, just looking back on some past relationships that I have, it will prepare you and like you said, challenge you in a way that you do learn so much about yourself. And you'll Mm -hmm. learn like, did I respond in the way that I really should have or wanted to respond with who I want to be in the future or who I'm trying to be? So I think really those tests really get you. They get me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Okay. So before we get into more dating questions, I want you to tell us about your love journey and how it was before you met your husband and just what the difference was when you met your husband. Okay. So my love journey is, ooh, it was up and down <laughs> and all of the above. So before I met my husband, I think I went on like a long date myself kind of break. I was spending a lot of quality time with me, taking myself to a spa, going out on movie dates by myself, having girlfriend lunches and dinner because I had a couple of relationships before I met my husband that wasn't so great. They were not healthy or they just didn't turn out, for lack of better words, to be a success. So I had to take a moment to just really learn and meditate on those pros and cons, lessons and learns out of each one of those relationships and make myself a note of like, okay, I'm going to start dating again, but what is it that I really want? What's the core value that I really want in a guy? Not this long 35 list of superficial things, right? At the end of the day, what is the core value that I wanted in the new man that I met in my life and who would one day prayerfully become my husband, which he did. So I broke it down and said to myself, this is before the Steve Harvey book came out with his three Ps. I've always been a person that had my own little alphabet mantra, and it was for a man to be a prayer warrior, a provider, and a protector. And if he had those three Ps, then I could kind of work with everything else. I want someone that if I'm dealing with stress at work or having health issues, that they can pray for me. Someone who's willing to be a provider, not a couch potato who wants a woman to take care of them. And I wanted him to be someone who was willing to protect me and my girls because I was a single mom and I had kids and I had been previously married and those relationships didn't work out. And I wanted someone who would protect me and my girls, our family. So when I met my husband, we were dating and he turned out to be those things and he even made sure he proved it to me. Now, the average man may not do those things to prove it to you, but he did. I love that you took the time to date yourself and really get clear on what you wanted because I think it can be easy when you go from one relationship to jump into another because you just have so much love to give and you want that successful relationship. But I do think it's so important to pause and figure out what we want because sometimes we do lose ourselves in relationships and we kind of get lost along the way. So it's good to take that time to reflect. And then also if you want a relationship that turns into marriage or long-term, just taking the time to make sure that you're clear on what you want. You do. I have to say that you're right because the reason why it was important for me to date myself is because through those other relationships, you do lose a little bit of yourself and you don't want to carry on that baggage or hurt into the next relationship because that man or that woman, they are not that person in your past. So you can't bring that baggage into your new relationship. That is a key piece of advice, literally a hot tip, because when you do that, you are starting off a relationship that could be healthy and you're kind of bringing that toxicity into it. So in your opinion, how do you attract the kind of man that you want? Okay. So in my opinion, I have to say it has to do with your own je ne sais quoi, you know, your own aura. Je ne sais quoi, okay. <laughs> your own X factor, your own uniqueness about you to attract the man that you want. And you make sure you put yourself in the right elements, right places to attract those types of men. It's all about what you put out there. 
for me, I want to say every man that I have attracted at the end of the day, for the most part, they've been spiritually grounded or I have met some wolves in sheep clothing who Mm -hmm. pretend that they were spiritually grounded. But then as time goes on, they've exposed that they definitely was not someone who could be a friend first. I think friendship is so foundational in a relationship when you have a friendship with a man and your partner and they have that as the foundational thing. First, you have mutual respect. So when you do realize that the relationship kind of won't work out long term, you think about how to respectfully dissolve it without it getting nasty, for lack of better words there. So I think friendship is core. When I met my husband, we talked for almost a month or maybe a month and a half before we went out on our first date. And we made wow. sure we had a solid relationship. And again, I met him online. So, you know, this was just talking online and just having very fluid communication. Wow. I think when people hear, at least my generation, talking for a month or a month and a half online, a lot of guys wouldn't even do that. So one that already sets him apart. But wow, I think that's really great. Yeah, communication is key. True. So when you say you talked for a month or month and a half before you met, was that on the phone and like through the app that you met him on? Yes. So we chatted through the app and we chatted a lot through the app. And me being a woman who's a single mom, he didn't know my real name, to be honest. He thought my name was Lily Rose. I had a fake name. I had a fake Gmail account. I had a fake Google voice. It all represented Lily Rose. So I didn't know if this guy was like a psycho serial killer whatever the case was. Online, I've gotten some really interesting pics. For you women out there listening, you know you get these random pictures of parts you do not want to see if you want a meaningful relationship. I just wanted to vet him. So after I realized that he was a genuine person, I exposed him my real name and we continued the conversation and we exchanged numbers, we text, and we talked on the phone. You don't want someone that you just text 90% of the time. You need to start having conversations so you can hear the sounds in their voice. You can tell when they're telling you a lie, right? You can tell when they're excited about something. You can't get that through text messaging and chat. That is so true. And that also makes me think of another piece of advice that you gave me, which was call him sometimes randomly because it's Mm -hmm. easy to text someone when you're in bed with your wife or your girlfriend. But when you call, like you see, like, does he answer when he's at home or does he only talk to you on the phone when he's driving from work and driving to work? So those are things that you've told me that literally, I feel like I've dodged a lot of bullets just from knowing that. That is very true. Thank you for reminding me of that because we have to verify that these people are actually single. (laughs) You know, there's so many people cheating on each other in today's time. And you want to have a relationship that is built on trust and that is long lasting. And if a person can't communicate with you and be connected to you, there's warning signs that he might have another family or that person may not just be right for you. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it just makes me think of the situation with this guy. He would only call me when he wasn't at home. And the one time we talked at home, I promise you, I heard a baby cry, but he was like trying to mute his phone so that I couldn't hear it. But oh my goodness. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't. I didn't even confront him. I was like, I'm good. I just didn't have the energy at that moment. And I I think I like went on a hiatus from dating apps, but yeah, like you said, people are out there unfortunately that aren't faithful and will lie to get mm-hmm. you know a whole nother woman. So definitely something to watch out for. But you mentioned about not texting all the time. So in the beginning stages, what would you say is an appropriate amount of texting that you should do with someone? You know, I can't really put a number on it, right? You really can't quantify the texting. Like I said, we did message each other through the app, and maybe I may have text good morning or he may have text good morning and good night and maybe there was a midday text. I guess it just depends on the conversation. Each person is different, but at some point you do need to be able to swap numbers and start having a conversation if you're going into the relationship. So as I mentioned earlier, that I was talking through text and messaging 
mostly messaging through the app, when we first started to get to know each other, when we decided to actually go on a date and we exchanged numbers and we text a little bit and talked a little bit before we went on our first date, then it was a balance between them both. If he texts me twice a day, we may have gotten a phone call once that day just to say, hey, how was your day going or how was work or something. But it needs to be a balance. It just shouldn't be 100% focused on text. That makes sense. And so what about texting a lot in the beginning, like all day almost? Is that a no-no? Because I think sometimes when you do that, you can kind of develop this premature attachment and thinking you really know someone just because you technically are talking to them all day through text messages. Yeah. You've exchanged numbers and you're texting all day. Why not pick up the phone and just have a conversation? Aren't your thumbs like over it by now? I definitely would do that. I wouldn't text a guy every day, all day. That's for sure. And I wouldn't want a guy doing that to me either. In the beginning, it comes off a little clingy and we don't want any of those things. It's healthy to have a good amount of space in a relationship. Yeah. So say there is a guy who is texting you or trying to text you kind of a lot during the day. Would you just wait a while to respond to help kind of create that space? I would wait a while to respond depending on what it is. I mean, I'm working during the day, so they would have to wait anyway, right? So yeah, if he texts in the morning, like I said, if he texts in the morning, good morning, you could text back good morning. If he texts during the day, I'm at work right now, I'll text you later. Or I may say, I'll call you later. Setting an expectation that you will be getting a phone call because I need to hear voices. <laughs> I need to hear background noise. I need to know if you have like 20 people living in your house, if you're living in your car, I need to know what's going on. Yes, that makes sense. Okay, I want to backtrack to where you mentioned that to attract the kind of man you want, make sure you're putting yourself in the right kind of spaces. So do you have any tips on good places that women can go to put them in the position to meet high quality men, aka providers? Providers. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I would always go somewhere that you're interested in. So let's talk about art galleries, right? Say you love art. I'm just thinking if you love music, like I have an appreciation for symphonies. So if you want to go to a symphony or something, you might go there or an art gallery, the library, somebody who's reading, just whatever your personal interest is. There's like this great wine room downtown in Florida. So if you want to go to this wine room, it's very exquisite, usually high-end people go there. So you just want to be where that crowd is, but it needs to be something that's authentic to you. It can't be somewhere you're going just to kind of get the bag with the right guy, right? If you're into sports and you like games, go to a game. And then usually, they might have a lounge room at the top of the game area. So you go there just depending on what it is that you're interested in. I go to a lot of business conferences. That's another good place. Church, if they're not already married, different things like that. I like that you mentioned go to places that are authentic to yourself because I see all these TikToks talking about where to meet high value men and it's just like go here X, Y, and Z. And yeah, you Uh might go to those places and feel uncomfortable because you have no idea. So I mean, I guess if you are going to do something like that, do your research, but it does make sense Mm -hmm. to go somewhere that's authentic to you because likely if you date that man, those are the kind of places y'all are going to be going to. And if you don't enjoy it, then like, what's the point? Correct. Like I have one girlfriend that she would love to try to go to this cigar lounge to meet high rollers and they serve scotch and cigars. She didn't drink scotch. (laughs) We can't stand the smell of a cigar. I'm thinking, why are you going to this place? Because one of her friends told her that, oh, this is where you meet guys who like, you know, buy these high end cigars and like the top shelf scotch. And this is where you want to go. No, that's not where you should be if that's not in your interest. If you get with this guy and he wants to kiss you, you got to deal with the cigar breath that you don't even like the smell of. (laughs) Really, it doesn't make any sense. That is so true and such a good point because I'm, ugh, I couldn't do that either. It's so funny. I want to talk about 50-50. I feel like this is a very huge topic right now in dating. Mm-hmm. So do you think that a man should pay for all the dates when they are courting you or do you think that the woman should pay for some of them? Oh, when it comes to dating. So well, we should talk about both, but let's start with when it comes. 
comes to dating. So I think when you're dating, yes, the guy should pay. When you go on your first date, you should not be expecting as a lady, as a woman to go Dutch. No, a man should be a gentleman. He should open up the door for you. He should show you that he's interested in courting you. And it doesn't mean that you're a gold digger. It doesn't mean anything like that. It's just that you have respect for who you are and your value that you'll bring to the table. And he should show you those good old fashioned traits, right? And that is a good thing. After dating for a while, say you're in a relationship with this man and you're engaged or even before you're engaged, but you guys are talking the marriage talk. If you go out to dinner and it's his birthday, nothing wrong with you picking up the tab and saying, hey, honey, I'm, I'm picking up the tab for the birthday today. It's okay to do that. It's totally up to you as a choice. I know some people don't believe in 50-50 at all, but I definitely think in the beginning, it should be him picking up tab. If you want to show some generosity along the way to kind of set the stage that you're not a gold digger, then you can do that. But make sure he understands that you're choosing to do it this time. You're at dinner and you decide to pick up the bill or you guys are at the movies and you decide to pick up the bill. Let them know that you're making that choice, but you're not obligated to do it. So what if you are on a date with a man and he, as soon as a check comes, this is your first day and he's like, oh, we're going half. Like, what do you do? You tell him, no, we're not. This is a date. I'm not going out to hang out with my homeboy or a friend. This is a date. I don't have a card on me. I didn't come prepared to go half. So this is a conversation we should have had from the beginning. <laughs> if he blows up and get all upset, then he's not the one for you. Date one and done. Yeah, I feel like that'll definitely show you the kind of man he is. I'm not going to lie. I showed up today and he we got the check and he was like, you go half. No matter how he responds, that would be the first and last date because yeah. you can't, I feel like you can't ask someone on a date and expect them to go half. I think that's very wild. <laughs> yeah. I know my husband and our dating phase, he definitely picked up the check, but there were plenty times when we were somewhere that I did offer to say, Hey, you've been, you know, covering this for the past so many months. Let me, let me take care of it this one time. And I would say that. So like he understood that I'm volunteering, that it wasn't something to kind of expect every time we go out. Oh, I like that to be like, Oh, let me take care of it this one time. Like make that very clear. Yeah. And, and you do it in a way that is showing that you appreciate him always doing it. Like, you know what, babe, you always get the check. Let me take care of it this one time. And then you take care of the check. He's feeling like a hundred bucks. And it's like, wow, I have a woman who's willing to go the distance. Some men appreciate that. Some men are offended by it. You have to know you're a man before you make that move. Because some men, they just refuse no matter what to have a woman pick up a check for anything, even for their own birthday gift. <laughs> so well, it's just, you have to know your man. I'm sure a lot of women these days would love that kind of man. <laughs> yes, I mean, they would. But I mean, like I said, it's up to you. I'm a giver. That's part of my love language. You have to know who you are, right? So I like to be able to give and do things. So um, me being being able to do that every once in a blue moon is a good thing, not on a regular because I don't want to feel used either. Right. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Definitely just mm -hmm. depending on the kind of person you are. How important is the courting part of dating? If someone is putting in minimal effort and not doing a lot in the beginning, can we expect that it'll be even less when you're in a relationship? Yes. In the beginning, if he's putting in no effort, you're putting in no effort, you can just pretty much count that this is going nowhere because when someone's interested in you, they're going to put in effort. And if you're interested in them, you're going to put in effort, right? You're going to call, you're going to text, you're going to say, hey, let's get together this weekend. He's going to do the same thing. He's going to say, I want to take you out this weekend. Let's do something or plan a trip or whatever the case may be. If you get nothing and they just know nothing, then yeah, it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> So I have to ask, I feel like there are a lot of women who just believe that the man should pursue them. So they're not going to be texting first. They're not going to try to be like, oh, let's, you know, hang out. So like, I know you said we both should be putting in effort. So should the man still be putting in more effort? And like, how much effort should we put in as women? Because I feel like the messages are definitely mixed. Okay, so when dating. And I definitely don't want to get this confused for people who are already in a relationship, like married to the person. When dating, yes, a guy should put in effort. He should try to figure out when you guys are hanging out and so forth. However, 
So let's say this is in the beginning. He's asking you out on the date. In the beginning, you meet a guy, you shouldn't have to say, hey, I want to go to dinner. Let's take me to dinner. You know, in the beginning, it should be him offering to take you out on the date. As you're dating, then you guys can partner together to plan things that will be fun for both of you. Because if he plans everything and he doesn't know your interests, then it may be one-sided in things that you guys want to do. I feel like there's people who'd be like, oh, well, he needs to get to know my interests. But I mean, I think that makes sense. And I think it's okay. And that's part of that's part of dating, right? He needs to get to know your interests. But the only way he's going to get to know the interests that you have is if you communicate them to him. Very true. I meet married women who relationships are breaking and they're coming to separation. And they're like, oh, my husband just doesn't know what I like. Well, we all evolve over time. You're in your 20s and so forth. You might be able to handle all the dairy in the world. But come 30 and 40s, guess what? That diet has changed. Your body is changing. Why would you think like your interests would not change? As you get older, you evolve. So I find it interesting that some women in their marriage and men are just assuming their partner would know exactly what it is that they want for dinner or exactly what it is that they want to do. No, we all change. We all evolve. We get exposed to new things that we might like and you have to constantly communicate and get to know each other throughout the entire process of living. I agree. I think it's really unfair to expect them to know, especially if you have evolved. But say you tell your man that you love flowers and you would really love if he got you some or something. I don't know. However, you would say Mm -hmm. that. But say you mentioned that and he just still doesn't do it. Like, Does that mean he's just not that into you? Or what does that mean? So you're telling him this and you're in a relationship or you're dating? You're in a relationship. Okay. You're in a relationship and you tell him, oh, I really love flowers. And he hasn't done it week one or week two. Maybe he's waiting on a holiday to come up. If a holiday is around the corner and you don't get the flowers that you like, then you need to communicate that, you know, you wouldn't like to have flowers. And you can make suggestions like, oh, I really enjoy flowers. Feel free to give them to me for like birthday, anniversary, Mother's Day or whatever. Or you can just say, you know, I just really appreciate flowers. You know, if he gets paid every two weeks, tell him you would like to see some flowers. And if he still doesn't do it, then you have to talk to him about those different things. You have to start buying them for yourself and (laughs) determine if he's going to be the one. Usually if a guy is really into you and you're in a relationship, he tends to get you what you like. I don't think I've ever met a man in my personal experience that I've mentioned that I like flowers and I did not get them. You know what? I can think of one and we're not together. So yes, (laughs) I mentioned I like flowers and perfume. I don't think I've ever received them. We're not together. And it wasn't because he didn't get the gift. It's just that he showed me that his interest wasn't really in me. Yeah. So I think that's a sign that they're showing that they're not really that into you. That makes sense because I hear that when a man's really into you, like you said, he's going to get you the things that you like and he's going to do those things to try to please you. So is there such thing as being too available? If so, how can we make ourselves a little bit less available? Yes, there definitely is something as being too available. And you don't want to always be too available. You do need to make yourself less available. So you can, again, date yourself, hang out with your girls. If you have some friends, hang out with friends, hang out with family. Try to have something planned for yourself on a regular basis. It's like the third weekend of every month and you get together with all your cousins or your sisters or whoever, someone in the family, and then maybe you love to get your nails or your hair done. You always have that appointment on the first week of the month or whatever the case may be. But being honestly always available is probably not a good thing in the beginning of dating because you don't want to come off as if you don't have nothing in your life going on except for him. So say he asks you out, like sometimes should we just be like, oh, sorry, I have plans, maybe another time? Especially if it's one of those weekends that you plan something already because you should have plans. You shouldn't have to lie. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. You don't want to come off dishonest. I'm never going to tell a woman to lie. I'm just going to say, make sure you have something else going on. We all have family, nieces, nephews that we can babysit. We have things that we need to do for ourselves, self-care, self-love. There's things 
that you can do. Maybe there's extra work on your plate that you just need to knock out that weekend and get done to have a great week, the following week of work. You should have something that you need to do for you. That makes sense. Especially I'm a big believer in scheduling everything in your calendar. So I think it's having that schedule, but not being so willing to just be like, oh, well, it's just some extra work. I can miss that to go on a date or something. I mean, because sometimes you just might want to, you know, if you really like someone, you kind of just want to go on that date. Yeah. If you want to go on the date, then yeah, you can adjust your plans. But every weekend... (laughs) (laughs) to be available or every day, it can get draining. And let me just give you a story. So there was a guy I was dating a long time ago and I was available every day for lunch. So he came to my job and brought me lunch every day. He picked me up from work every day. He wanted me to be at his house every evening with the kid. He would cook us dinner every day. He was a great guy. And every weekend, it was him all weekend, every day. (laughs) Remember I mentioned earlier that you need space. Everyone, to really have a healthy relationship, we all should have a certain amount of me time, face time to just do some things. I do like my mommy-daughter dates with the girls. I can't always be with the guy all day, every day, 100%. So yeah, it's important to have your space. I agree. When you put it that way, it definitely makes a lot of sense because just you telling that story, I was like, oh my gosh, that's too much. It was too much. It was team way too much. (laughs) (laughs) How much should you tell a man about yourself and how you feel in the initial courting part of dating before things are official? I hear that. Can you elaborate a little bit more? I mean, it depends on the guy, but some guys ask a lot of questions about you. But I hear that instead of going too deep, maybe just be a little bit vague because it is like a newer, I don't want to say relationship, but you're in the earlier stages of dating. So say a guy asks you about your past relationship and say, maybe you got cheated on. Like maybe not mention that in the first, you know, Correct. So, okay. So I see where you're going. So I say, if you're going to tell about yourself and your interests, yes. Tell them about yourself, your interests, what you're into, what you like to do for fun so they can get to know that part of you and plan accordingly. This is the whole, I love flowers. I love to do these things. I love to spend time with my family during the summer. We go to barbecues or family reunions. I love seafood or dessert or whatever. Yeah, tell that part about yourself. Now your baggage that you're in a not healthy relationship or you're in debt or those things. No, do not expose that. You don't tell a guy that you're dating that, oh, by the way, I was in this very unhealthy relationship. It was toxic and he verbally abused you. You don't want to give anyone ammunition to continue to do those things that you don't want to have in your life again. So no, you don't tell that kind of stuff. You don't tell the guy like, oh, my dream man, he looks like you, but he makes six figures. And on this day, May 18th, he's going to just get on one knee and propose. (laughs) Well, you're telling them that you love them to watch romantic novels or movies with you all the time or something like that. If you tell them your whole dream, right? You don't know if your dream has become reality if you're telling them all the things you want in your dream. You need them to prove to you that the dream is reality. So you don't tell him all those things because he will have the ring proposal on May 18th. He will watch all the movies that he actually can't stand, the little romantic comedies, and he prefer to watch horrors or some other kind of thrillers, sci-fi. Nothing wrong with any of those categories either. I'm just painting the picture. And then because you told him you're in an abusive relationship, now you've gotten married, you've been suffered into what you thought was your dream because you told it to him too far early in advance. And then you get into this relationship and he turns out to be just a terrible person. He's verbally abusive. What you told him you was exposed to. So you're used to it. So he's going to go back to it. Then he may go down the track of being a Jekyll and Hyde. He starts out sweet and be super crazy. You just set yourself up. So no, you can't tell him all of those things. You can't tell your 100% dream guy and you cannot tell your past detrimental relationships. Whenever a man comes to me and say, hey, you know, why didn't your other relationships work out? I simply turn around and say it didn't work out because it didn't work out, right? It's just not meant to be. I don't go into any detail. And the same for him. Why didn't your past relationships work out? Obviously, you're single too, right? Well, oh, the woman cheated on me, blah, blah, blah. I don't trust the women. Well, he has some healing that he needs to do. Or he's telling you that it didn't work out because he was a cheater. Warning, pay that attention. He may tell you certain things or he may say the same thing. It didn't work out because it didn't work out. I feel like past relationships are just that. 
they're in the past and they're in the past for a reason. Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like, I mean, that is a popular question, I want to say. And typically, I'm just like, oh, like we just didn't align. Like, we just wanted two different lifestyles, and that's fine. Yes, that's the safe answer. That's what I do now. I didn't always do that. I was just like, word vomit. I thought honesty is the best policy. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be myself because I feel like I'm a chatty Kathy and I just like being myself. But I learned over time that, you know, some things you just have to save. Well, I can ask you, but I feel like some things you do have to save to later down the line. You do. You have to save them for later down the line. So now you're, you didn't tell them your dream. And you I love that you them. said that because a lot of times when you do give someone that blueprint, they're going to follow it so that they can get what they want. And then, like you said, you'll find out that they are none of those things. But since you told them that's what you're looking for, they're going to be all those things for you in that moment. Correct. And you want them to prove that they're going to be all those things versus everything. So... And guys do Uh like to ask, what are you looking for in a man? I hate that question. I really hate it. And now I just say, I want someone who's authentic. So that's fine, right? And it's okay. So let me give you, there's layers to that question. And I'm glad you brought that up. So a guy will ask you that, right? They should in a way. However, you're not going to tell them the whole dream. So like I mentioned earlier, I wanted the three Ps, right? I wanted someone who was a protector, a prayer warrior, and a provider, right? That was my third thing. When my husband, I was dating at the time, when he came to me and said, you know, what do you want in a man? Or like, what's your expectations? I didn't tell him like, oh, I want a man to call me by this name. That was a conversation I had with God. I didn't tell him how I want a man to propose with certain elements, so that was a conversation with God. So that way I would know that when these things happen, that this is the one. Or I didn't tell him that I wanted a man to, I said a prayer warrior, but I didn't, I didn't tell him everything that I told God that I wanted and had on my like conversation, my little dream book or my prayer manual with God. I just told him the basic, like the foundational, like three Ps. Someone who's a prayer warrior, someone who's a protector, and someone who's a provider. And we dated. And one day after he had officially said, you know, I want you to be my lady. I want you to be my woman. He came prepared and he gave me some pages written out to say, I am being committed to be your protector. And he wrote a paragraph on how he would be that person. I'm committed to being your prayer warrior praying for you and the girls if you guys get sick and just whatever the case is, he wrote all that out prepared. And he put his context of what it was for a provider because not every man, how we kind of go back to the 50-50, he put down what he will provide for me and how he anticipates his partner to operate in the relationship, right? Because I come with two other mouths to feed, (laughs) so to say, (laughs) for lack of better words. And um, he presented that all to me. He presented it all to me and said, you know, I want to be in a relationship with you. I want this to go the distance. And he just kept proving over time that he was the one. He didn't rush it. He know that I've been teaching my girls that when they're young, not for the older women who are already 50 and 60 and 70, don't wait this five-year timeline. But I've been telling my girls when they were young that you should date a person for five years at a minimum before you go down the marriage and engagement track. And the reason why is because the first two years, you're getting through that fake persona of who they are and who they are definitely not. Year three, you're dealing with acceptance of what you're getting and it's slowly peeling off other deeper layers of what you didn't get in year two and you're seeing consistency and patterns and so forth. Year four, you should really be focusing on where is this going? You're in year four. Is this going the distance and we're getting engaged or whatever? And then year five, year five should be solidified. You've already spent a lot of time with this person. And that's that's a lot of time to give up in your younger years. When you're older, you have to fast track that. I was telling my girls this while they were in high school because they may have met someone in college and they need to know, okay, this is, this is the roadmap from mommy. <laughs> and so he set that example for them. We dated for five years. Year four, he gave me a promise ring and he let me know that he's promised to be committed to me. I'm a grown ass woman. I really didn't need a promise <laughs> ring, but I thought that was so sweet and cute and just Beautiful. very endearing. 
It was beautiful because I never had one before. And I thought that was really sweet. And I personally adore jewelry. So it was very sweet. Got it on Valentine's Day in year four. Thought it was just very pretty. It was beautiful. So year four, I guess he might have told my other family members because I didn't know they knew. But year five, he proposed and he made sure even when he proposed, because the first thing I thought when he proposed, like, oh my goodness, I have to discuss this with my kids. <laughs> like. <laughs> To see, and he already let me know that he had a text message with them in a group chat, and they had already gave their blessing. So he let me know that that was good because he knew that probably would be my hiccup because I'm so connected with my girls. And so I saw that, and I felt free to say absolutely yes. I love him anyway, but I wouldn't want to bring someone into my family fold that my girls wouldn't feel comfortable to count on if something was to happen to me. And I would be no longer on this earth. I want to make sure it is definitely someone that they could trust and feel protected as well. I love that. Oh, it makes so much sense. But I have to ask you about the five-year roadmap. So for us girlies who are in their 30s, like 32, I mean, really just in their 30s, (laughs) five years, like, I mean, if I date someone for five years, I'm going to be 37. So what's the fast track looking like? (laughs) Yes. So fast track. So I would say the fast track version of that is probably at least three years, right? Because you still need to know who they are. Listen, you don't want to rush and meet someone and get married in six months. I've done that. And then it doesn't work out. There are some people who are the people who've gotten married in six months or I met a young lady, love her to death. She married somebody she met in seven days. But her story and her testimony is so unique to the fact that she was a woman in her 30s. She was spirit-filled. And the guy that she met was also equally as spirit-filled. And when they met each other, God spoke to them both and said, that's your partner. In seven days, they got engaged and got married. And they've been married to this day. That is a rare situation that does not always happen, right? So You have to make sure you're dating the person and get to know them and they get to know you. And we all come with some type of baggage or some type of hurt and you have to work through those things. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess I'm gonna have to freeze my eggs. It's three years sounds like a long time. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you have to, but you can check with your doctor on that. That's not my area of expertise, but you definitely want to see who they are. The worst thing is divorce. I've been divorced and it is like death. And I wouldn't wish that on anyone. So if you can have patience and proper planning and just really get to know to see if that partner is really for you because you're making this huge commitment to be married, I would rather someone take some time to do that versus just hurrying up to get that ring in six months and then just have a whirlwind of chaos. Yes. That is so true. I know. <laughs> I'm slightly joking, but I will say <laughs> slightly. No, but for your listeners, right? They might be like, the hell? Michelle is tripping. <laughs> yeah, I will say. So I was recently, I came out of a relationship where I would say he moved so fast, but I feel like I had gotten advice from one of my friends. I was in this point of just matching the man's energy. So if they were very sure and their actions were aligning with their words, I was kind of like, okay, well, he's really sure. I'm having a lot of fun. So I'm going to go with the flow. And I went with the It was not the best decision, but I have realized that sometimes when people do move really fast, that can be a red flag for one, because why are you trying to move Mm -hmm. so fast? So I do want to talk about when someone does move fast, like advice you would have for as women for us to get them to slow down. But I will say, thank God I'm so in tune with my intuition, because if not... I feel like he would have been one of those people who would have put on that facade for two years. And we could have been married with kids by then, especially because he just presented so sure. Everyone loved him. Like he had the whole manipulation like worked out. Damn. He was good. Like even one of my friends was like, wow, like me and my boyfriend were shocked. He was so attentive. He was so into you. She's like, I just, we both don't understand. So he was like one of those, like he had it down. So when you say that we need time, like, I hear you. And I'm so glad you brought that up because exactly, they will put on that show and you'll get with a man and then find out you're thinking you're happily married and you're posting pictures on Instagram and you're pregnant and he's out there being a hoe in the streets. He's cheating. You didn't know he was a dog. You didn't know he was a conniving, manipulative because you didn't give yourself proper time to vet, verify that he is actually who he says and portrays to be. You have to do that. And I want to say that 
when I found out my ex was conniving, there were no signs. The only sign was my gut telling me something's not right. And at first I was like, oh, am I just really insecure? But a gut feeling is very different. I feel like from an insecure feeling and it just didn't go away. So I prayed about it. Mm -hmm. I was like, Lord, if there's something I need to find out, let me find out like an X amount of time. And I kid you not, I found out the next day. So yep. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, to go back. So if you are dating someone who's moving too fast, what tips would you give us as women to slow down the pace? Sure. Communication. I'm so big on communication. It's key in any relationship. You just have to tell them like, hey, I love, love, love our relationship. I love us hanging out and doing these things. But I just want to slow down and give us time to get to know each other even more. And you may have to break down what part of that relationship for you is too fast. Are they talking about marriage after two weeks? And like, dude, we need to slow down. I need a two-year engagement. Like, You have to tell them what part is too fast. You have to communicate clearly so they understand. Is it going too fast because they're calling you every day, all day? They're showing up at your job with breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then doing your laundry for you at home. And you just, (laughs) everywhere you turn, they're there. Because that's how I felt with that one guy. I was like, oh my gosh, my laundry's done because he did everything. I mean, it was just, it was too much. And it's great for a man to be able to do your laundry, but he was always present. It's like I wake up and he was looking at me. I would take a nap. He was brushing my hair. It was just too much. <laughs> so you have to let them know, like, I need you to slow down. I need you to give me some space. Go to your house or stay in my house. Those kind of things. No, I think that's good. I just laugh because when you say that, because I think in theory, we think like, oh, I would love a man who would wait on me hand and foot. But when you talk about it, the way you just talked about it, I'm like, okay, I think not. <laughs> so it just makes, <laughs> I mean, makes me laugh. I think yeah, it's a balance. I love the fact that when I'm working in the morning, my husband gets up and makes breakfast for me because I usually get up in the morning. I make my coffee or tea, preferably tea. And I come into the office and I go straight into my conference calls or whatever I need to do for work. When he gets up, he makes my breakfast and brings it into me. That's so attentive. That's so caring. I appreciate that. But when I get off work, I'm making his lunch or dinner. We appreciate each other enough and respect each other enough that we're not going to put it all on one person to do everything. If I cook dinner, he washes the dishes. If he cooks dinner, I wash the dishes. It is a real balance of a partnership. And it's another way of thinking 50-50 without a dollar sign attached. I love that. And I think that is the epitome of what a partnership should look like. I think a lot of times we just see the extreme, like a woman doing everything and you're like, okay, like that's weird or vice versa. So I love that it's a partnership for sure. And I think, like you said, you can't put all that one person. And I can imagine that people would be a lot happier if they both did their part because- Especially if you're both working, like that's a lot to work all day and then be the only person doing everything at home. Correct. Now, if you're a housewife, because I used to be a housewife, then the view and the outlook on that situation is totally different. But there is still a mutual respect. So when I was a housewife to my very first husband, I made breakfast, lunch, dinner every day. But one day a week, actually it was two days a week, two days out the week, he would take me and our family out to dinner. So I didn't have to cook dinner and he would make reservations somewhere and we would go out somewhere really nice for dinner. I was a housewife. So of course I wasn't really worried about bills or anything. He took care of all of the bills, everything, but he also made sure that I still felt like I had some independence because he gave me a monthly stipend to kind of like go and do whatever you want to do with that money. But honestly, when I was a housewife, I felt like I could have just did a job because I was working more as a housewife (laughs) doing everything because everyone knows your home. So it's like, you know, your sister-in-law calls you or your mother-in-law calls you and they need you to go pick up their kids or do something. And you're just always doing everything for everyone because you were already at home. So for me, it was it was a lot. I can imagine. And I never thought about that fact. So that's really interesting. So Mm -hmm. do you have any tips on how we can decipher if a man is really interested and being intentional about his pursuit or if he is just love bombing us and telling us what we want to hear so he can quote unquote get us? Get the draws. Okay. So (laughs) they'll do and say anything sometimes. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So you really have to, I love that you mentioned Victoria about your gut, right? Trusting your gut. We all have women intuition. We all have intuition. We have to trust our gut. So I think when a a man is truly authentic, 
You can tell over time, right? Let them prove it to you. You will have those great ones that are like master manipulators to come off to be the perfect person. But at some point, even those people, they slip up, they get caught. They do something to let you know that they are not who they say they are. So even when you kind of talked about your situation with the guy, I'm pretty sure he got caught somehow because they always expose themselves. So just pay attention and don't rush to have sex. Take your time. We live in a world where everyone is doing everything and every person. So believe it or not, I'm going to give you guys this tip and I can tell you most of you are going to say this is totally insane. Make the person give you their blood work. Yep, I said it. Let them go to the doctor or to the clinic or whatever. They need to come and let you know that they are chlamydia-free, gonorrhea-free, HIV negative, all of that free before you give it up. It's a little insane. I was that way in high school. I was that way in my college life and in my adult grown-ass woman life. (laughs) You need to have that blood work. When you decide to be intimate with someone, just keep in mind that it is your choice. If you're feeling pressured to do it because he took you out on three dates, then he's not the one. I love that you say that because I do feel like as women, we do get that pressure. Even at my age, guys will still try to pressure you to come over when you've been clear, like, I don't want to come over. And like you said, that's not your guy because we are the prize. When we want to have sex, it is our decision. It's our bodies. So I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. And then some women, they know they have a craving, right? And you're like, it's my weekend. I'm going out. I've seen them. I'm attracted to them. The chemistry is off the chain. I'm just doing it. Protect yourself. Because again, it makes sure you own it. That is your decision. I agree. And I love that you say that because again, like I said, it's your body. So if you want to go have fun, have fun, but be safe. Because I feel like, Mm -hmm. again, there are men who will try not to use condoms or take them off or whatever. We hear it all the time, but make sure that you are clear and that unfortunately, sometimes I feel like we have to make sure that they don't do that, which is like, come on, guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, try to wait till marriage. I mean, of course I tell my girls that, but I know reality is that we're in a time period that people don't. So it's really your own personal choice. If you're a virgin and you're listening, you know, you're in your 27, 28, 29, 30, 40, whatever the case is. One of my best friends, she was a virgin till she was 44 and she waited till marriage before she lost her virginity. But even then, anything she did up to that point, it's her choice. So she can choose to do what you want to do. We all have the gift of free will. Yes. And I love that you mentioned blood work because I can imagine that will weed some people out because they're going to be like, oh, no, I'm not doing all that for her. That's your. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That will definitely weed out the folks who just want to get the draws because (laughs) they're like, listen, she want me to do what? No, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Right. Get the blood work and let me see it because I'm not even going to trust that you're telling me the truth. Kind of. Correct. Yeah. You have to see it. I know we talked about that if a guy is like not putting an effort to get you the things that you like, but what are some other signs that a man is not interested in you? He's not spending quality time with you. He's not calling you. When you do go somewhere with him, he's not introducing you as his lady or his girlfriend. You're just a friend or someone he knows or a coworker. You don't have a title. You don't have anything whenever there's a huge event in his life, like a milestone event, say he's graduating from medical school or something, or he's graduating with his master's grad school. You're not invited. You're not invited to the family gatherings. You're not the one that he chooses to celebrate life moments with. You're not the one. That is so true that if you're, yeah, if you're not celebrating those moments with him, but y'all are together and y'all have been together for a significant amount of time, that is a clear sign for sure. All right. That is part one of my conversation with Michelle. Stay tuned for part two. It will be released next week. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode. If you really loved the episode and you felt like it resonated with you, be sure to share the love and share the episode with a friend. Also, if you could take a minute and head to the review section wherever you listen to your podcast and leave me a review, letting me know what you're loving about these episodes and which topics you want to hear next. That way, I can make sure that I continue creating episodes that you love. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. Until next week, bye, grown girl gang.